Hi again, everybody, and welcome to the Dan Scott Show podcast. This is episode 12 and the first one we've done for a while. Almost three months, as a matter of fact. Haven't done one since the uh, pre-Super Bowl episode, but the good reason for that, which we'll get into in just a moment. Uh, I am Dan Scott, your host. Hope that you are well, and we look forward to uh, spending uh, about the next hour or so with you. And uh, we've got a good one for you. I always say that, but uh, as you know, I'm always the optimist. Today, though, we are going to uh, attack a a very, very serious subject, and that is uh, a parent losing a child. And in this case, how God's grace has brought these parents through just incredibly tragic circumstances. More about that coming up in just a bit. You'll you'll notice from previous episodes uh, a different open kind of rebranding things a little bit to separate the podcast from the radio show that we do in the fall on a weekly basis uh, to uh, just just keep a little bit of separation there because the podcast is now going to be an extension and one of the tentacles, I guess you could say, of a brand new nonprofit organization called Grand Slam Ministries. I may have mentioned this in previous episodes, but since the last time we got together, the, uh, let's just say events have accelerated. Grand Slam Ministries is now an official 501c3 nonprofit organization. Uh, Just incredible how God has moved in this thing. The IRS actually approved us in six weeks when we were told it could be six months or more. And it has given us a, a running start toward accomplishing what we want to get accomplished, which I'll lay out more about that coming up later on, but this podcast is going to be one of the tools that we use with Grand Slam Ministries. I will tell you that the website is is in um, production phase right now. You can go to grandslamministries.org. It'll take you to the Grand Slam Ministries Facebook page at the moment, but uh, all of that is in production. Again, I'll tell you much more about Grand Slam Ministries coming up later on, but uh, just really excited about where God is leading us, what the mission is, and how we really look forward to taking the the talents uh, that God has blessed me with and using it much more for Him and much less for myself in the future. Uh, The uh, podcast, as always, is brought to you by our friends at Todaro Pizza. They are located on Markley Street in downtown Greenville. John and the gang there just uh, do tremendous work when it comes to what I call bucket list pizza. It's fantastic. They feed us once a month in the press box at the Greenville Drive, and it's the most popular night of any homestand. I promise you. The food is fantastic. The people are even better. The uh, Clemson location on Sloan Street is the one that got it started in the upstate of South Carolina. So if you come to visit the area, if you're not from here, you can go to either location. But the uh, the Markley Street location, before or after a Greenville Drive game, uh, anytime, indoor, outdoor seating, the, the pizza is, is just incredible. So make sure that you tell them that you heard about them on the uh, Dan Scott Show podcast. We need to step aside. And when we come back, Eric Bowman 
is going to join us, and he's going to share the incredible story of not only the tragedy of losing his seven-year-old daughter, Emma, 10 years ago, back in February, when she was hit by a car while riding her scooter, but how God has moved in the life of he and his wife since then and really defied a lot of odds and a lot of statistics. It's just an incredible example of God's mercy and grace and providing strength that humanly we don't have. And Eric's willingness to bear his soul and share that story is going to be the focus of this edition of the Dan Scott Show podcast. This is episode 12, and we will jump headfirst into that story with Eric Bowman when we come back on the other side of this. Stay with us. Every sports fan's goal should be make it to the Hall of Fame. Well, we have you covered with Hall of Fame Sports Grill at 531 Wade Hampton Boulevard in Greenville. Known for their great food and fantastic daily specials, Hall of Fame has you covered with all the game action on their 30 televisions. Plus weekly events like Tuesday night's Bar Trivia for Dummies, Wednesday night's Music Bingo, Thursday night's Dirty Bingo, and Karaoke with Fred Rock every Friday. That's 531 Wade Hampton Boulevard, HalloFameSportsGrill.com. You might know that State Farm agent Ed Patterson has great service. He's your good neighbor after all. But did you know State Farm has surprisingly great rates too? Yep, that's right. Along with good neighbor service, State Farm agent Ed Patterson has surprisingly great rates for everyone in Greenville. So call State Farm agent Ed Patterson at 864-322-0031 for your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Individual premiums will vary by customer. All applicants subject to State Farm underwriting requirements. Dan Scott here for Tadaro Pizza. You know, it's hard to believe I'm saying this, but I've been telling you about this bucket list dining experience that is Tadaro Pizza for more than 20 years now. Why am I still doing it? Well, because it's incredible. John and the gang at the Markley Street location here in Greenville have continued the tradition started by his family in New Jersey and brought to the upstate years ago by brother Chris to the Sloan Street location in Clemson. You don't last that long if the food and the service aren't top-notch. Well, they have because they are. And remember, Todaro has the lunchtime buffet, all you can eat for just eight bucks. Other daily and weekly specials are always in play. And with the Markley Street Todaro location just down the street from Floor Field, what a great stop before or after a Greenville Drive game. Indoor and outdoor seating are available. Todaro Pizza, Greenville and Clemson, Tell them Dan Scott sent you. Let me tell you something, Cowboy. This rookie can really bring the heat. He's smoky and spicy with a Chipotle style all his own. It's a new Montgomery and Chipotle barbecue sauce. Make it a part of your home team. Available now at your neighborhood grocer or online at CincyFavorites.com. It is episode 12 of the Dan Scott Show podcast. As mentioned, the first one we've done in almost three months. The last one was the uh, pre-Super Bowl edition I did with uh, four former members of the Cincinnati Bengals. And no, I didn't take a three-month break because the Bengals lost that Super Bowl in the last couple of minutes. There are just a lot of other things that were that were going on. And uh, as mentioned, with the uh, Grand Slam Ministries and all that work that's been that's been occupying my time, plus uh, my regular job and everything else. Just kind of took a little break to clear my head, did a little rebranding, as you've heard. But we are back, 
and uh, ready to start telling some stories again and using this platform to share the uh, the goodness of God. And, and that's what we're going to do today. Our guest on today's episode is a guy that I first met back in, I think it was 2009, when Angela and I lost our minds. I, I guess she would say I lost my mind. And we decided to open a restaurant in Liberty, South Carolina. I was in radio doing a, a daily talk show on the Clemson flagship station, and that's when the economy crashed. It's when you want to open a restaurant, when the economy cl- crashes. But uh, we didn't know if the, the radio station was going to survive, so we decided to take a gamble. And um, Eric Bowman was one of our regular customers. We became great friends. Uh, he was managing the uh, local Ingalls grocery store in Liberty at the time. And uh, he, he just, uh, as I said, we became great friends. And um, then just a handful of years later, he and his wife went through a, a tragedy that, that nobody ever wants to go through, and that is the tragedy of losing a child. How God has worked in the life of Eric and uh, his wife, uh, Kim, and their family it is an incredible testimony, and he is here to share that story with us today. Uh, Eric Bowman joining us on the Dan Scott Show podcast. Eric, how are you, my friend? I'm doing good, Dan. How are you? I, I am well. It, it's uh, it's good to see you. We're doing this via Zoom. Looks like you have embraced nature. You, you, you look you look <laughs> like a, right. you look like a mountain man. It's been a while since I've actually seen you. <laughs> no, I just came outside where it'd be good, good and quiet. Uh, uh, Hudson's on spring break, so. <clears throat> He may not let us uh, do this the way we want, so I, I stepped outside. I, I understand. Children have a, a a way of doing that. It it's hard. It's hard to believe. Uh, first of all, it's been since 2009 since you and I met. Time seems to to march on. Number one, and uh, it's even harder for me to believe. I, of course, I know you've lived it every single day, but it, it's been ten years this past February since since you lost Emma and I know that it's, it's been, uh, it's, it's been a journey that, that you don't want any other parent to ever have to go through, but you and Kim have been so open about sharing this. I, I thought 10 years later, it would be just, a an incredible opportunity to share what God has done in your life because w- without him and without his grace and his mercy and his strength, you, you guys wouldn't wouldn't have made it and and yet here you are um let, let, let's just start there how, how has he sustained you through wh- what is in in human eyes unsustainable yeah you know we we are uh we're a part of a club that no one wants to be in uh, and if you would have told me uh 10 years ago that I'd be sitting here Ten years later, I would have I'd have said you'd you're crazy. There's no way. Uh, but what I have found out, um, you know, through these ten years, um, when the anniversaries come and the birthdays come and the holidays come, those times where uh, you you kind of look ahead to and you dread um, when you need more 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 grace, uh, God gives you more grace. Uh, my pastor preached a message one time on grace, and he said, when you have dipped your cup into God's grace barrel for the 10 trillionth time, there will still be grace there for you. And that's what I have um, found to be true. We 
try to uh, lead our lives day by day, not looking ahead, not looking forward. Uh, and I think that's the way actually God uh, wants us to live our life. We, he wants us to um, to take our, our daily bread. And, you know, I, a Sunday school teacher one time, I thought this was uh, a good way of putting it. Um, when he talks about the word being uh, a lamp into your feet and a light into your path, he said, you know, imagine yourself in complete and total darkness. That, that there, There's no light anywhere and all you've got is a little bitty lamp that you can hold down at your feet uh, and just see just one step in front of you. And I, I think that's how God wants us to just walk that path um, with very little light, but just know that he is the light and, and trust in him to guide each and every step that you make. It, it's really, I, I think for someone who doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Savior, and, and, and there have been people who've gone through this who obviously aren't Christians and have found ways to survive it, but for those who have Christ and and have him to lean on, it, it, it's obviously a, a different kind of comfort. Um, you, you never get over it. Uh, and, no. and, but, but, but at the same time, Eric, and tell me if I'm wrong, I don't think you ever want to really get over it, do you? No. Um, you know, it, it honestly, um, you know, I, I've been saved since I was 11 years old. I've always, uh, basically my whole entire life, you know, I've had the Holy Spirit inside of me. Um, never, you know, hardly ever took a drink, never done a drug, never smoked a cigarette. I mean, I've been what, you know, you would just call a good guy um, all my life. But, you know, I would not be um, in my walk with Jesus Christ where I am today um, had, I, had I not gone through this. And, you know, um everything every storm uh works to uh god's good and sometimes it's really it's hard to find the good in those things but i know that one good is um through you know my relationship with jesus becoming as strong as it has um i know that through this uh storm and valley that we're in i know that lives have been changed i know that lives have been saved i mean we had people um we had people saved to them as funeral and if just one person would have come to know the Lord through this tragedy, um, to God, that would have been that would have been worth it. But so much more uh, good has come from this. And you know, I really believe that when I get to heaven, um, and and I'm going to see Jesus, and then He's going to hand me my little girl, and I feel like that Jesus is going to point over just to a multitude of people and say, "All those folks, um, they're here." because of this little girl and what ensued through her life and then through her death. It's amazing just to listen to you say that because she was only here seven years. I mean, she was a seven-year-old seven, year. seven year little girl when, when the tragedy happens, and we'll, we'll talk about that in just a moment. But, you know, we we all sit in church or we sit in Sunday school class, and 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 we all know Romans 8.28. You know, for, for we know that all things work together for good to those who, who love God and, and who are called according to his purpose. And we nod our head and we say amen, yeah. and, and, but you're living it. And, and, yep. and, and, and I, have to, I have to think, and maybe I'm wrong, but I have to think that there were times after this happened, Eric, that 
that you question God. Why? And, and, and why, why is this happening? Why did you take her? What good can possibly come out of this? I mean, if you didn't, you wouldn't be human. That's right. You know, and, and those times when I would be in the grocery store and I would see parents um, not treating their children the way that I thought a child ought to be treated. And, you know, all Emma ever knew was love. And in those moments, I would ask God, you know, God, you took my little girl who never knew anything but love. This kid right here, if they're acting like this in the grocery store, I would hate to see what these parents are acting like at home. That that child should be with you and not mine. Um, but, you know, uh, and I've read, I've done a lot of reading over these last 10 years. And um, I, I read a story of a guy one time and, and um he said, you know, sometimes uh, as the God of the universe, uh, God has to put his people in uncomfortable situations and uncomfortable circumstances in order for his will to be fulfilled. So, uh, you know, God's got to know that, you know, number one, he's never going to put more on us than what we can handle, even though it would you you would say, no, nah, I can't handle that. Um, but, you know, he has to he has to put the people that he chooses in these circumstances to fulfill uh, as the God of the universe, seeing things from the future backwards. Um, you know, he may put us in circumstances we don't like, we don't think are fair, but he is, he is God and he is all knowing and he, everything that he's doing um, is working towards fulfilling uh, what his will is for my life for my life and, and for the lives of, of everybody else. Can I disagree with you on one small point? Because I, I think God does allow things to happen to us that, that, that are too much for us to handle because then we have to totally rely on him. If we Amen. could, if we could handle it ourselves, we wouldn't need God. And what I mean by that is if it was up to you and Kim alone in your own strength, you could not have survived the loss of your daughter. But God allowed that to happen, knowing that the only way you could survive it was was to rely on his strength and not your own. That's right. And I don't know how, how what I said sounded, but no, no, you are you are absolutely correct. That this in my own in my own strength, I would have crumbled that very first night and I would have I would have been done. And, you know, it's not nothing that has, and the thing of it is we walk with God's grace and strength every single day. We just don't realize it. Um, we, me and my family are fully aware of who woke us up today, who gave us this day and who will give us tomorrow if, if that's what he chooses. So no, Dan, you are absolutely right. Eric Bowman joining us. Uh, we are, are talking to him uh, 10 years after the loss uh, of his daughter, Emma, who was seven years old at the time. It's hard to fathom. She would have graduated high school this year. And uh, just the, the incredible impact that, in one sense, she could have made on people. But as you said, Eric, the impact that she has made on so many, even though she's been gone for a decade. Um, before we get to, to that day in, in 2012, tell us, who was Emma? Who who is Emma? What kind of little girl was she? Emma was um, completely full of life. 
Um, she loved butterflies and, and kind of lived her life in that way, um, kind of just fluttering around, uh, bringing joy and happiness. Um, her, her older brother, Houston, um, played, you know, baseball, basketball, football, and, uh, and I coached him in all those sports. And as we were down on the field, um, and, and, and I was coaching Houston in those games, Emma was throughout the stands, um, bringing joy to, to all those people, um, that, that were, that were sitting around her, all those parents. And, and like I said, she, uh, always had a smile on her face. Um, just a beautiful, uh, curly headed, um, bundle of energy. Uh, and you know, we, at her visitation, um, some friends of ours put together an eight minute video, which is on YouTube. If you just Google Emma Bowman or search Emma Bowman on YouTube, um, in that little eight minute video, um, you, you will be introduced to Emma just through those pictures and you can see how, uh, how she lived her life, how full of, um, how full of life that she was, uh, and just, uh, enjoyed, enjoyed every minute, enjoyed every minute that she was here. Uh, and, you know, and now Emma is in a place uh, that one day that, that Dan, you and I are going to, and she is seeing things uh, that we, we could only imagine. And all the people the, that we read about in the Bible, um, you know, Peter, uh, John the Baptist, uh, those disciples, Moses, Abraham, Jesus Christ, uh, Paul, uh, Emma knows all those people. And, you know, I, I think that is, uh, I think that's amazing. Uh, you know, she is, she is with all the people that we, we read about. She knows all those people um, and, and has met every one of them face to face. Yeah, I know you've taken comfort in the fact that she, she's more alive now than she's ever been uh, from, from, from the moment that she stepped into eternity. And I, I know this, you got seven years with her uh, as the father of two daughters, I, and you, you experienced it for those seven years. Girls will keep you on your toes. There, there, yes. there's, there's no question no question about that. Uh, Eric Bowman joining us here. Um, let, let's, let's go to that day uh, in, in, in February. It was, uh, I'm sure, just like any other day, February the 2nd of, of 2012. It just started off just like any other day. What, what do you remember? Yep, I I got up for work. It was a Thursday. Um, just just and like you said, it was a it was a completely um, normal day. Uh, went to work uh, that day in February. Um, was actually mild for February. It had, it had been very uh, rainy and cool leading up to that. But that day, uh, I think was uh, it was sunny. It was in the 60s. It was just a it, it was a beautiful day. Um, Emma came home from school at that time kim um uh was was not employed and we really didn't there was a bunch of circumstances in that and really didn't understand um you know why that had taken place but she had been unemployed for about a month i, I look back on that now again that was just god um giving giving mama um time with uh with her children um and she went and picked up uh, houston and emma from school and uh, when they got home, they, they finished their homework and Houston wanted to go across the road and, uh, shoot basketball. Our neighbor had a basketball goal and they also had a circle driveway. So Emma wanted to go across the road with Houston, um, and ride her scooter in that circle driveway, uh, while he was shooting basketball. So they were out there for a time. And, um, the way the road in front of that house is, there's a hill going down that road. 
there's a stop sign, then you the you cross the road uh, over to to our house. And Emma, you know, had had walked across that road, had rode across that road um, many many times, and never had you know never had any any problem. Um, she was ready to go home. She told Houston she was ready to go home and Houston said, okay, I'm going to make a couple of more shots. And um, Emma went ahead and took off down the road. Uh, I'm not sure um, if, if she thought the road was clear and it just wasn't, I'm not sure if she just neglected to look. Uh, but as she was going to, she would go across that road into the neighbor's driveway and then walk into our yard and, uh, as she was crossing that road at, at that exact moment, uh, a car was coming up the road and struck Emma through her probably uh, 50 yards. Um, my wife, Kim, was in the house. Uh, she heard she heard that noise and instantly she knew something was really wrong, uh, ran out the door um, and they, they went down and found Emma. Uh, 911 had been called. I, I believe that Emma was probably... Uh, already in the arms of Jesus, um, even even on the side of that road, but they uh, they took her to the hospital, uh, did everything that they could, uh, but Emma unfortunately w was not here anymore. And the, the last thing that she told Houston uh, before she started down that road was, "I'm going home, Houston." And in reality, that's that's exactly what she did. And you know, you think about. Um, you know, God, God could have slowed that car down by three seconds. He could have sped him up by three seconds. There's so many, he could have not had that car on the road. He could have had it been raining where Houston and Emma wouldn't even went outside. Um, but Emma had an appointment and we, we all have that same appointment and we're not going to miss it. We're not going to be one second late for it. So thinking about all the, the what ifs and, to me, I, I, that that doesn't really that doesn't really help. It was that was Emma's appointment, and Emma um, Emma felt absolutely no pain. Uh, Emma went from being on that road uh, to being in heaven in the arms of Jesus uh, in that moment. How long did it take you and, and Kim, and, and maybe two completely different timetables, to come to grips? with the fact that she had an appointment and, and that that's what God's plan was and, and nothing that, that you could have done was going to change that. How long did it take you to come to grips with that? You know, that's one question. I, I'm not really sure. Uh, I, I'm not really sure of the answer because I remember that night, you know, when I got the call at work and my neighbor told me that Emma had been hit by a car, even as I was, you know, frantically rushing to the hospital. Um, still in my mind, I was thinking, there's no way that I can lose my baby girl. And I prayed, you know, God, I don't know what's going on. I don't know why this has happened. Um, but if you have to have somebody from my family today, please, you take me. Do not take my baby girl. I cannot live without one of my children. And I don't know, I guess immediately for me, almost the reality was setting in um, when I got to the hospital and, and, you know, when I walked, as soon as I walked into the room, they were, um, they were still doing uh, chest compressions. And as I walked in, um, 
the, the doctor turned around and he said, I, I'm sorry, there's nothing else that we can do. And, and I'm standing there just in complete, I'm, I'm like, no, that's not what, I <laughs> no, you got to do something else. And my sister said, uh, and I don't even remember doing this, but my sister was in the room too. And she said, I ran over there and I grabbed Emma and I said, Emma, I need you. You can't leave me. Um, but really, like I said, in that, in that cold, uh, dark reality, I think I, I, I think deep down I already, I'm not sure when I could verbalize it, but I already realized that, you know, this is God's plan. And, um, you know, we have in any storm in this life, we, we have two options. We can quit or we can fight and, you know, quitting is easy. Um, but fighting is hard and I just knew, and I, I walked down into the, I walked out into the hallway and I told my 11 year old son, um, that Emma was gone and, you know, he, he, you know, said, no, 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 everything that you expect an 11 year old to say. And, um, you know, I remember I got down on my knees and I looked him in his eye and I said, son, I'm, this, I'm, I'm your daddy. And I'm going to be the same daddy to you tonight through all this and through whatever comes um, that that you've always had. And, you know, Kim and I both have worked really hard. A lot of times parents lose lose a child and then forget that they have another child. And we we really worked hard to be the same exact parents to Houston um, that, that we that we always had been. And all we could really look at to make sure we were doing that correctly um, is the, the, the tangible things that you can look at. We, he, he, he never, he never let up on his athletics. He was a great athlete all through high school, never let up on his academics. He never made a B at any grade uh, at, at any level and, and finished salutatorian in his class. Um, I feel like, you know, God, God dumped a double portion of blessing um, out on Houston, uh, you know, because I, frankly, I, I couldn't, I, I couldn't have faced anything else. And there's a lot of trouble that kid, teenagers can get into. And Houston, uh, praise the Lord, has never has never caused us a minute's trouble. Eric Bowman joining us here on on the show. I was uh, was going to ask you how how Houston responded to that, and and that is so great to hear. And and listening to your response and his response, all I can here in my mind uh, is going to the scripture where, where Paul asked three times for for whatever the thorn in his flesh was to be removed and God said no my grace is sufficient for you it goes back to the very beginning of our conversation you know what what you wanted personally uh, Emma you can't leave me uh, I need yeah. you and God said no Eric my grace is, is sufficient for you as, as a former pastor of mine used to say that's easy preaching but hard living, and, and you, right. you, you, and Kim have left it. The other, the other person that I wanted to ask you about, um, what was the, the person who was driving the car? Um, what, what, what do you know about them? What, what was that conversation like? Has there ever been a conversation? Has was there ever any communication? What happened with with, with that situation? Well, um, so ironically enough. Um, her daughter, um, the, the lady that, that hit Emma, her daughter had worked for me at Ingalls and I found out through, um, this was several days later. 
um, that, that she had not um, had not gotten gotten up out of her bed um, since 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 she since that happened. Um, so um, Kim and I, and this is probably I don't know three or four days after after Emma went to heaven, we we got in our car and she just lived right down the road, um, and we went and we went and saw her and knocked on her door. Her mama came to the door. Her mama knew who we were, and I asked to I asked to speak to her. And we uh, went into the house. She came out of her bedroom. We sat down at her kitchen table. And basically, um, we just loved on her. Um, and we told her that we, this was, an, this was an accident. And it could have ended up many different ways. Unfortunately, um, we have a connection now uh, forever with, with you. Um, and we have a storm that we have to go through and we have to face. And you also have uh, a storm that you have to go through and you have to face. And I told her, I said, I'm just telling you, this is not where God would want you to be uh, locked up in your bedroom, not going to work, not saying you're not, not don't ever want to drive again. Um, this is not where, where God would have you to be. And basically uh, we just tried to encourage her. And through all these years, um, you know, we have kept in touch with her. Um, and, and again, another uh, sidebar to the story, uh, she actually, the, the girl that worked for me at Angles, she actually lost her daughter. Um, so now we have a further connection with her. Um, and, you know, when that happened, uh, we went back over to her house. We, we, we encouraged her. We loved on her. She knew she was sitting with people. Uh, who knew exactly how she felt losing a child. Uh, hers was up much older than Emma's, but it, it doesn't matter. I mean, Dan, your, your girls are all grown up with kids of their own. They're still your baby girls. Absolutely. That, that, doesn't, that doesn't change. Um, so there has never, ever been um, any, any, kind of, um, any kind of ill will um, towards, towards our family and their family. Um, and, and again, now we've, you know, want to even love on her even more um because she's she faces um the same thing that we have and and now more because she was involved in emma's accident and then ended up um losing a child of her own um but we love that lady have i and, and love on that lady uh, every opportunity that we get and again that i don't know why god uh god chose her uh, to to be a part of that day uh, but he did, and it was just uh, that was that was part of the way that uh, God allowed everything to to transpire. Obviously, again, we we keep coming back to the theme of God's grace. Gave you the grace to react that way. Initially, was there any kind of uh, mm -hmm. of, of rage reaction that you know th this is the person who killed my child? Did you have to take a step back or, or what was the initial reaction? We need to love on this lady. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, if it had been under, you know, if, if there had been something, um, you know, where she was going 80 miles an hour down the road or she was mm. uh, driving um, impaired. Um, but, but none of that was the case. This lady was uh, on her way home from work. And, you know, the, the way that road sets up, there were bushes um, in the, the uh, directly across the road from uh, the house that Houston and Emma were playing at. And, you know, she probably 
just didn't see Emma's little head coming down that uh, hill. Her car ran very quiet, and maybe Emma didn't. Uh, maybe di Emma didn't hear it. Um, but the reality is, um, you know, that that car belonged on the road, mm -hmm. and the one that didn't belong on the road. And I mean, I, I played in the road when I was a kid. Sure, you did. I mean, we. It's just something that that kids do, and we just are, are as careful uh, as we can be. Um, but you know, Emma, Emma's didn't belong in that road. And unfortunately, um, it just, it was just a, a tragic, um, a tragic accident. Uh, but no, not even, not even that night, you know, in the hospital, I, I never, I did ask, you know, what, what was the circumstances with the lady and somebody told me she was just driving home from work. So I, I never, I never was, um, I never was angry at her. Eric, in the in the immediate days and weeks after, how did it affect your relationship with Kim, your wife, and did that evolve over time? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, a lot of times um, something like this will, will break a family up. And I think that um, Kim and I just knew that we were in something – uh, we were, we were in a storm that we never ever thought we'd be in that we never saw coming. Uh, and we knew we had that 11 year old boy that had to have his mama and daddy. Um, I think that Kim and I, um, we grieved together. Uh, we also grieved separately. Um, in many ways we grieved in different ways, but you know, ultimately it, it made, it made us a, um, it made us a stronger family unit. And I think, again, that that's not anything that, that we necessarily did. That was, that was God. Um, and, you know, people that go through something like this, uh, like you alluded to earlier, you're going to turn to something. Um, and a lot of times the things that you turn to are not good. You may turn to alcohol, you may turn to drugs. Um, we turn to the only, the only place that we felt comfortable turning and to the one that we knew um, would guide us through. And that was, that was Jesus Christ. And, um, and like I said, I think he, I think it made our um, family unit um, stronger, uh, not, not weaker as a result of this. I don't have the statistics in front of me, but that there there are a large number of of families who go through something like this and parents end up getting divorced because the stress is just is just so great that they can't handle it um not only did you and Kim not get divorced God's grace was was enough to to allow you to to come through it together but he also blessed you with another child after that, Hudson, who was born in 2016, he, he's five, almost six years old. Um, that that had to be just an incredible experience on top of everything else that we're talking about here. Oh, it, uh, you know, I tell people I, I love all my kids the same, but Hudson is, um, I feel God's greatest gift to us. Um, he was a he was a surprise. Um, I was forty five years old 
uh, when and Kim was 39 when when she became pregnant with Hudson. Well, it it uh, couldn't be that much of a surprise, Eric. I mean, we know how it <laughs> happened, right? <laughs> well, yes, we do. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, and I, I tell people, I, I needed, I really needed Hudson in my 20s. Uh, he he's uh, he wears an old man out, but I'm telling you, he. I just think that through our uh, faithfulness uh, to God, um, and I, I feel like that that was that was God's special uh, gift to us. He knew we needed some joy, and you know now that Hudson is—he's is, not far from here. He's just going to school at Clemson, but he's not in our home anymore. And um, I, I think sometimes, you know, what if what if we didn't have Hudson? I think that it would be really quiet. And I, I, I don't know. I, I just think that, again, it, it's God's perfect plan. Um, and, and Hudson, he keeps us, uh, he keeps us alive. He keeps us so busy. Um, and, you know, he is, he is a blessing uh, directly from God. And I honestly, um, and we'll find out when we get on the other side, but I believe that, that in heaven, uh, that Emma helped pick Hudson out and helped, uh, you know, help Jesus pick him out to send him to us. And there's things that he says um, that would make you believe that he knows Emma. And I believe, um, like I said, we don't know what's going on on that side and we don't know how, how all that works. But I, I, I think that Hudson has, has already met Emma and then one day we'll, we'll all be together again. We know how rambunctious little boys are uh, and, and, and given – the, the tragedy that we're talking about here with, with, with Emma, do, do you resist the urge to kind of wrap Hudson in bubble wrap and not let him be a little boy? Well, and you know that we, we talked about that. Uh, Kim and I did when, when she was pregnant with Hudson. And again, that is something that we have made the same with Houston, how we made a decision that we had to parent him exactly the same. Um, we have done the same with Hudson. Um, and I don't know, I think naturally as you get older, you worry more naturally anyway. Um, but we have, we have let him be a little boy. Um, you know, we, he, he, and he, and he rides his bike and he rides his scooter. Well, not a scooter. He doesn't have a scooter, but he rides his bike and he plays and runs around anytime that he is anywhere near the road. Um, one of us is standing, you know, right there with him. That is one thing that, you know, we, we're not just going to, um, you know, leave, leave the chance ever again. But, um, outside of that, we, we have allowed him, um, to be a little boy. And I, I think that he, um, he deserves that. And, um, he, he, he skins his knee and, um, gets bruises all over his body, just like every other little boy and runs around and plays and is not, it's just a, he's nonstop. I mean, he, ne he never gets tired. Um, but no, we've, we've made a conscious because I, you know, I thought about that, you know, what if we were ever blessed with another child, how would I be towards that child? And, you know, I, I just, I don't think that it's, it wouldn't be fair to not let him be a little boy. So we have, we have allowed him um, and, and again, brought him up the same, same way we did with, with Houston and Emma. That, that's it's easy to say, but it's got to be hard to do. It is, it is. Well, you know, the reality is a lot of a lot of this. As I sit here and and I and I recollect and I talk and you know I minister to 
um, lots of people, um, lots of times, people that have lost children, um, just people that are going through deep valleys in their life. And, you know, sometimes I will, I will say something and, you know, in that moment, I'll think, man, you know, that that's really impactful. I, that really, I know that's going to impact that person's life. The thing of it is, it, it sounds good coming out and it sounds good going in those ears, but fleshing this out day by day is really hard. Um, so it's easy, it's easier to, to talk, to minister, to try to help folks. Um, but you know, in reality, we, we're, um, yeah, we're 10 years in and people say, oh, it gets easier with time. And in some ways it does. It's the wound is not fresh. Um, in some ways, um, the yearning, the longing, um, it gets worse, you know, because now I, I've been more years without Emma uh, than I had, than I had with Emma mm -hmm. and, you know, saying, saying all these things, um, is easier than actually living and fleshing all this out. Yeah. As I said, for those who are listening to us, we're, we're doing this via zoom and every once in a while, Eric is dabbing his eyes. You know, it, it, it's still, the, the wound is still there. Uh, you still get emotional. Um, e even 10 years later. And, and we talked about it. She, she would have graduated high school this year uh at some point she would have gone on to college and and you would have been the father of the bride and and all so all of those things uh, you talk about it in one sense not not getting easier part of it does get easier some of it doesn't get easier because there are those things that you're not going to to get to experience so so i i i think i understand where you're coming from when you say that um one of the first things that i remember after this happened and i want to transition as, as we come down the stretch here to to how you have used this tragedy to try to help other people. It wasn't too long after it, in my mind anyway, it may have been some time, but I remember seemingly very shortly after this happened, Eric, that, that you and, and Kim sponsored a blood drive in her name uh, at, at the Ingalls there in Liberty or, or somewhere. But, but, but the point is that you, you, you seem to immediately start to try to use this tragedy in a way to bring some good in a way to try to help other people. Was that a defense mechanism as a way to try to get by? What was it an, an immediate understanding of the calling that God was putting on your life at the time? Where did that come from? Really? I think, I think Dan, it was a, I think it was a combination of that mm -hmm. um, because we, we just really didn't know what to do. And, you know, I just knew that we needed to be doing something because if we just, um, if we just sat around and grieved, that really wasn't going to be good for us. Um, so, you know, in the things that we began to do, and it was pretty, pretty immediate, um, you know, we, we just knew we needed to be, busy and if we're going to be busy I, we need to be busy about um you know doing uh doing the lord's work and trying to um allow god to receive the um the glory uh that he wished to receive um out of this tragedy so i think it was both um you know i i, I do i almost immediately believe, believed i felt it that god had put a a different calling on Eric Bowman. Uh, and I wasn't really sure 
what that calling would be, what what it would what it would end up being. I, I didn't know if I would end up, you know, in in, in uh, as a pastor in the ministry. I didn't know. I just felt a, a higher calling. And, and what I've figured out over these years is um, my, what my calling is, um, is to, um, to allow God to use me exactly where he puts me, wherever that might be, whether it's in uh, the grocery store, uh, whether it's in uh, the mayor's office in politics, whatever role he has me in um, to embrace that role uh, and to let my light shine um, for him each and every day. Um, but yeah, I, like I said, I think it was a combination of that. We we just knew we needed to do something, um, and we, we and whatever we did, we wanted to help people and honor and glorify God. You wrote a book about this experience uh, a few years ago called Emma: Her Journey from Here to Heaven. People can can uh, Google search that and, and find it uh, and, and, and get more detail about some of the things we're talking about here. Uh, you, you speak uh, and, and minister in a number of different places, whether it's in churches or you tell me you've done prison ministry. You, 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 you've, you've talked to, to parents who've been through similar things. Um, it, it, it sounds like this has very much become your calling now. Yeah, it has. And, 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 you know, like I said, it's, uh, again, it's just being, being a willing, uh, a willing vessel. I mean, God, God doesn't, God doesn't need you and I to do anything. He can do, he spoke an entire universe into existence, but what he desires is, um, for us to be willing, um, to do, to share, uh, to be the, that vessel for him. And, 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 and like I said, really, uh, to let our light shine. And, you know, many times people will come in the store and it's not even, it's not even people that I've ever, that I've ever had a conversation with. And they'll walk up to me and they'll say, you know, I know who you are. I know what you've been through. And I just want you to know that we have watched you and watched your family and y'all are amazing to us. And, you know, that's the thing when we as Christians, um, the non-Christian folks, they, they watch us and they want to know, uh, is there a difference? And unfortunately, especially in the world we live in today, uh, they look at Christians and they look at them doing the same things they do and worse. Um, so I think a lot of it is, you know, not, not only, not only what you speak into people, but what they, what do they see? Uh, what do, how do my employees and Ingalls, how do they see me act? And how do those customers see me act and react to things? And um, it, it is, it's a, uh, it, it's a, it's a higher calling. Um, and, you know, I, I live my life with the perspective that I have Jesus who watches over me. Um, now I know Jesus in my heart, Jesus uh, speaks loud and clear to me in my heart, uh, but I've never, uh, I've never touched Jesus's flesh. I've never hugged Jesus's neck. Um, on the other hand, I also have my little girl and she's in heaven with Jesus. And I have hugged her neck. I've kissed her cheek. Uh, I was the best daddy to her that I could be for those seven years. And I live with the perspective that I have my Jesus and my Emma, uh, that look down on me and watch me. And I would not ever want my sweet girl to go to Jesus and say, I can't believe my daddy did that. And 
that's hard. Yeah. <laughs> that's a hard, that's a hard way to live your life. But at the same time, um, it allows you to, and I'm, I'm still, I'm far from perfect. I, I can control my hands. I can control my feet. I can control my mouth. The thoughts in this head, I still have trouble with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Jesus understands, uh, but, but you know, it, 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 it makes me really strive and work hard to be the, the very best, uh, Christian that I can be, um, for, for God each and every day. And, and that's, and, you know, another perspective is we get so wrapped up in things in this life. And I, and I still do it too. Um, that really don't make a hill of beans that tomorrow are not going to matter one iota. And we let one little thing just completely destroy our day and, you know, living day by day um, and and asking for that daily bread and strength and grace to get through this day. Um, I I do still, I do still get wrapped up in stuff occasionally, but I'm much better at living my life moment by moment and just knowing that this moment right here is bad. This moment right here is no good but there's probably a better moment coming right behind this. So let's not get so wrapped up in this moment that I missed that next good moment. Yeah. I, I like the way you put it uh, in our, uh, our, our uh, online conversation yesterday. You, you don't major in the minors. You, you, you right. don't, you don't let the little things encapsulate. And the other thing that you were talking about that I, that I, I couldn't help but laugh a little bit, uh, my girls anyway, uh, if, if I did something that upset them, they went and told their mama, like, like they were tattling on me. So I can imagine, you know, Emma's telling Jesus, look what my daddy did. You know, it's bad enough. You know, they're telling, telling mama, look what daddy did. Now you got one. Tell Jesus, look what my daddy did. Uh, I, I don't know that I envy you at all, pal. <laughs> That's, uh, Hey, uh, tell, tell me about Emma caps, uh, and, and, uh, some of the, maybe some of the other things that, that you're doing right now to, 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 again, keep her memory alive and try to help other people. So Emma caps is something that we started again, almost immediately. Um, uh, Mr. Lane Wood came with me. He, he is a paramedic with Pickens County EMS. And he told me about an idea that he had uh, to where we would begin to fundraise and every year um, donate bicycle helmets uh, to the first graders at Emma school. Um, and we named this program uh, Emma caps uh, we have on the side of each of those helmets on both sides, there's, there's angel wings with Emma's name right in the middle and the caps is spelled K A P P S and it stands for kids are precious people. And we initially started that out with Emma school, which then was Chastain road elementary. Um, and then eventually we began doing it, uh, for Chastain road elementary and Liberty elementary. Uh, now there's just one school over there, Liberty Primary School, where they go um, K-5, first and second, and then Liberty Elementary has them from uh, third through fifth. But each year in May, our, this one's coming up on May 20th, um, we give those helmets out to all the first graders. Um, and we also, uh, we talk about uh, bicycle safety. Um, we have a lady come and talk about um pool and water safety with the children uh, about when they're riding their scooters or their bicycles to um, to wear their Emma cap or wear a helmet. Um, in Emma's case, I don't think that it would have uh, affected that outcome. Um, but, you know, if one of these little kids, and we've already heard of instances where they, they were in some some, you know, some scrape ups and some, some some more major than that. And that helmet helped keep them here on planet Earth. Um, 
but you know, as we, and then I speak, I talk to those first graders. Uh, I talk about uh, who Emma was, um, that, that, that was Emma's school. That's where she went. Um, and then another thing we do is we bring Emma's first grade class, all those that are, that are still in Liberty, we bring all those kids back. So every year, uh, and they help us hand out the helmets. Mm. Every year uh, I've watched those kids um, go from seven-year-olds all the way to um, beautiful um, teenage um, young men and young women. And, you know, I just think back when I was in high school, um, along the way, we lost kids. And we just knew they were in class with us one day. And then the next day we came to class and they weren't there anymore. And somebody said, you know, that they had died. This had happened, that had happened. And right now I couldn't tell you any of the, any of those kids names. Um, in this case right here, I wanted to make sure that Emma's first grade class, when they walked across that stage, that they knew that there was supposed to be one more. Mm-hmm. And every year those kids come back, they shed tears with us. Um, and they've not ever forgotten. And and when they graduate, they will remember um, that there was there was there should have been there should have been one more. Um, you know, time has a way um, of just making people forget. And you know, I, I don't want them to ever forget um, that little seven-year-old, curly-headed, beautiful child that they went to school with. Uh, and my plan is. Um, it may it may even become bigger than this one day, but um, after we we wanted to do the the helmets through the year that Emma would have graduated, uh, and I do want to continue that um, at least initially with some type of a scholarship uh, mm-hmm. in Emma's name uh, to a senior who uh, is not like my, not like my oldest son Houston, mm-hmm. who was the um, you know salutatorian of his class and who things came to so easily i think that emma would have been a child that would have not been very academically gifted she did not like school one (laughs) iota she fought us every morning about going to school um but you know a kid that maybe wouldn't even go to college without some academic help or so i want to get and i and i've told the 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 administration at liberty high school i want them to because i'm not going to know those kids but Mm. this is the type of kid i want you to identify for me uh, when we begin doing the scholarship, because that's the type of kid that I want to receive this in Emma's honor. Will you and Kim go to the uh, Liberty High graduation this year? Have yes. you thought about that? Yes. Yes. When she, uh, they did a little graduation um, from from Chastain Road um, when 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 she would have been leaving the fifth grade going to middle school, mm-hmm. and they were that that school was very kind they they had a they had a chair for emma um they had a bouquet of flowers in that chair for emma uh we sat beside that chair um you know and i i'm sure that liberty will do something um something similar but yeah that i i I will definitely be there eric bowman as we wrap up uh, and we've been going for almost an hour here and time just just seems to fly by if you could put a bow on this thing and, and and kind of summarize, or if there's one message that that you want to get across to people who may be listening to this and and, and still wondering how how was this guy able to process this? How is he he able to be so upbeat? How have have he and his wife been able to to survive this when 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 other couples who've gone through a similar tragedy have not? 
uh, what would you tell them? I, I, Dan, I think it goes back and we'll end it the same as we started it. It is, it is God's amazing grace. And as many times in my life as I have sung the song, amazing grace, um, it's not until you are faced with something um, life altering, life shattering, um, really and truly that you can see, um, you can see that grace. And I have had, uh, I call them God moments. I've had moments, a lot of them at the cemetery um, where I really just felt um, God just nuzzle up right beside me and reveal things to me and show me things. And, um, you know, it is by, it is by faith that we believe, but I, I tell folks, I wish that I could open up my chest and show you my heart. It, it is not, there's no possible way that Eric Bowman would be sitting here, would be coherent, would be speaking, were Jesus Christ not alive and well, were he not what he said he was, what he proved that he was, um, and without he, him and his amazing grace, um, we we would not survive. And, you know, I just encourage folks through whatever your storm, um, and it may not be this, it, it may be uh, relational, it may be financial, financial, it may be something emotionally you're going through, whatever your storm, if you think nobody on planet earth loves you, I can tell you one who loves you, who created you and who has a desire for you just to seek him and seek his face. I think those are just some amazing words to wrap up this interview with Eric Bowman. Thank you so much. Make sure you tell Kim, uh, how much we, uh, uh, are, are thinking about you guys, continuing to pray for you. Look forward to seeing you guys again soon, although I know your time is spent now in Powdersville and, and mine seems to be in Greenville more than than uh, anything else. But uh, it's been great to catch up with you, my friend, and, and just continue to continue to follow God's lead. Sometimes it's easier to say than it is to do, but um, for, for 10 years now uh, you, you, you've been doing it, and uh, I just pray that uh, he continues to shower you and, and Kim and, and Houston and Hudson with that grace. Dan, thank you, and God bless you. All right, that is Eric Bowman. We will be back with more and wrap up this edition of the podcast in just a moment. Do you or someone you know have a question about affordable housing? Homes of Hope is a Greenville-based nonprofit that is the largest developer of single-family affordable housing in South Carolina. Since its formation in 1998, Homes of Hope has developed almost 700 affordable homes, with another 200 in the pipeline. They've also graduated more than 320 men from their workforce development program, helping men overcome addictions. The goal? Providing generational change throughout South Carolina, and they need your support. Visit the website homesofhope.org and like and follow on Facebook and Instagram at Homes of Hope SC. Do you or someone you know have questions about affordable housing? Homes of Hope is a Greenville-based nonprofit that is the largest developer of single-family affordable housing in South Carolina. Since its formation in 1998, Homes of Hope has developed almost 700 affordable homes, with another 200 in the pipeline. They've also graduated more than 320 men from their workforce development program, helping men overcome addictions. The goal? 
provide generational change throughout South Carolina, and they need your support. Visit the website homesofhope.org and like and follow on Facebook and Instagram at Homes of Hope SC. Dan Scott here for the Atlanta Bread Company. What do I like about Atlanta Bread? Well, too much to mention in a short commercial, but here are a few things. Bread baked daily fresh on site, a tremendous selection of soup, sandwiches, and salads, seasonal special additions to the menu, delicious hot coffee, and a bevy of other drink options, and yeah, can't forget about the baked sweet goodies. Dine in or carry out, and when you have the Atlanta Bread Company app, you can order and pay online, then breeze past the lines to the pickup counter to get your food. Experience it for yourself. That's the Atlanta Bread Company, Cherrydale Point in Greenville. Grand Slam Ministries is a new nonprofit organization with a threefold mission to share the love of Jesus Christ through broadcast and internet channels, including a new radio show, to mentor men of all ages to become the leaders the Bible calls us to be better fathers, better husbands, better Christ followers. And you know, there are kids who leave school on Friday who don't eat again until they come back on Monday. We want to make sure they have food and other essentials. To do these things, we need your support, financial and otherwise, including volunteering your time and talents. Find out how you can help us slam, serve, love, and mentor by visiting the Grand Slam Ministries Facebook page, or you can go to grandslamministries.org. The all-new Dan Scott Show, coming later this summer, will be presented by Grand Slam Ministries. Please prayerfully consider how you can support Grand Slam Ministries today. You really messed up. I really messed up. You forgot a gift for your best friends. And they live so far away. They're going to hate me. They're going to love you. What? You're sending them Cincy Favorites. Cincy Favorites? It's a sampler of their favorite flavors from Montgomery Inn, Graders, Gleers, La Rosa's, Skyline Chili, Queen City Sausage, and Longdale Farm. That's perfect. They're the only authorized online seller of these iconic brands, so trust no one else. Mm, and fast delivery, too. Oh, Are you eating it? No, I messed up. There's still time. Go to CincyFavorites.com now. That's CincyFavorites.com. We're back to wrap up episode 12 of the Dan Scott Show podcast. I don't know about you, but uh, I am a little bit emotionally spent after that uh, conversation with Eric Bowman 10 years after the uh, tragic death of his uh, then seven-year-old daughter, Emma, and the journey that he and wife Kim uh, and their family have been on since, and just the, uh, the incredible incredible story of of God's grace and his goodness to carry them through and seeing as we we mentioned Romans 8:28 play out in that story Romans 8:28 says and we know that all things work together for good for those who love God and who are called according to his purpose not all things appear good at the time but they will all work out for good, for God's glory. And what we have seen through Eric's story and Kim's story and the story of Emma is that coming out of that tragedy, the impact that her life has made and the impact that God's grace has made on Eric and Kim, using them and the way they've reacted and the lives that they have changed, the people who have come to know Christ since, the safety measures that they have put in place with 
countless children now over the last 10 years. It's just an incredible story, and I can't thank Eric enough for being willing to come and spend some time with us today. Uh, I hope that this is one episode that you will, above maybe any that we've done previously, that you will share. Uh, Of course, we want you to share them all. We want to get uh, as many people listening to this as we can. But I, I hope this is one that you will particularly share with people because there are people out there who need to hear this story. There are people in very similar circumstances who have lost loved ones and and specifically have lost children and, and feel like that their lives are over. And, and through the grace of God, Eric and Kim have shown that, yeah, it's tough, and 10 years later it's still difficult, but their lives can still be enriched and their lives continue to move on. And he knows, he has that comfort, Kim has that comfort that they're going to see Emma again someday. And if you don't have Christ in your life, when you go through a tragedy like this, you just simply don't have that comfort. So I pray that that somehow on some level this made an impact on you and, and that you will share it with someone who needs an impact as well. I will also tell you as we wrap up, uh, again, you, you've kind of heard a, a difference in the sound of this episode compared to previous episodes, and that's intentional, kind of doing a little bit of an on-the-fly rebrand as, as we point toward what I pray is going to be the launch of a new weekly radio show in July. If God allows, uh, we are in the fundraising stages now uh, for Grand Slam Ministries with the purpose being to be able to buy airtime to launch this show on various stations in different places around the country and then using the show as a tool to then raise revenue to be able to do some other things, to to help mentor men to become better husbands and fathers, to help mentor young men to become godly men. And, And then right here in our area, right in your area, wherever you're listening to this, doesn't matter, across the country, across the world, there are kids who go to school. When they leave school on Friday, they don't eat again until they come back to school on Monday. And Angela, my wife and I, we found out about that and really got to see it up close and personal, unfortunately, uh, going back about 8 to 10 years, and it's something that's really stuck with me, and that's something that we want to try to affect a positive change in. What that looks like right now, we don't know whether it's investing in a weekend backpack program or coming alongside some other organization. That's still in the works. But these are the kind of things that Grand Slam Ministries is going to be involved in to try to make an impact and in the process sharing the love of Christ. So, yet we need donations. Uh, GrandSlamMinistries.org right now will get you to our Facebook page. The uh, Address is Grand Slam Ministries, P.O. Box 35, Central South Carolina, 29630. But I need speaking opportunities to go out and share not just my testimony, but also tell people about what we're doing and where God is leading me. And then I just need your prayers. I need your prayers that I'll follow God's leading. And as I told Eric, not try to lead it myself, to stay out of the way and let him work and follow where he goes. Let him open the doors he wants open, 
close the doors he wants closed and give me the discernment through the Holy Spirit to know which ones are which. So I would appreciate your prayers, and uh, let's see where this thing leads. I am so happy to be back next week on the show, on the podcast, episode 13. We're going to be visiting with former Major League catcher Eddie Tobinsey. Got a chance to do a couple of college baseball broadcasts with him recently. Mostly known for his time with my Cincinnati Reds. But Eddie is a pastor now. And we're going to talk about his journey. Talk a little baseball with him as well. And have some fun. That's coming up next time on the Dan Scott Show podcast. This has been episode 12. Brought to you again by our friends at Tadaro Pizza. Looking forward to having you with us next time out. Until then... Thanks again to Eric Bowman. I'm Dan Scott, as always, saying God bless you and so long, everybody.